Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Tyler Robertson. Tyler, you are the founder and CEO of Diesel Laptops, uh, which is way more than just laptops uh, and also probably not the kind of laptops you're thinking about, uh, especially, Tyler, because you're wearing a gaming headset. So <laughs> you got to tease well, you a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, and they don't run on diesel. We get asked that question all the time. No, our yeah. laptops do not run on diesel. So, And I got a branding problem. It started with that. And obviously, we've changed a lot since then, but we'll, we'll yeah. figure that out as we go. Yeah. So go, go ahead and give us an overview of exactly what diesel laptops is. Yeah, we're out there providing uh, efficiency solutions to people fixing diesel-powered equipment. And I I think everyone thinks of the on-highway trucks, the big semi-trucks, but truthfully, there's more diesel engines not on the highway than there are on the highway. So it's a very big, big, big market that's really been underserved and technology has really taken over and people need help and we're providing that help to them. Yeah, so for for those of us who are kind of outside that world, um, take us through maybe some different instances of where uh, you know, all the different, not all of them, but, you know, some of the different places or common places that diesel engines are used. Yeah. Well, anything you eat probably had a farm tractor involved with it sometime along the way. Right. So all that equipment's diesel powered. You go to the airport, those little chuggers that come around that have the luggage. Those are diesel powered. Uh, any generator that has auxiliary power for an office building or a sporting event, all diesel powered water pumps. It, it's just amazing how many places diesel is really in our world. And people always talk about electrification and all these things. Diesel is going to be around for a very, very long time. There's over 9 million diesel-powered commercial trucks on the highway today. So it's a big part of our, our world. And it's, the, it's the, really the industry that moves product to everyone's doorstep at the end of the day. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a dumb question because I don't get diesel experts on very often. Uh, so what is the inherent, uh, you know, why is diesel a better uh, fuel or better system uh, rather than say unleaded in instances of, you know, very kind of utilitarian uh, commercial industrial uses. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a different, you know, mechanical componenture to diesel. And that's the only fuel really that will run the big heavy equipment that needs to haul. I mean, think about a, a, cla- a, a class eight commercial truck, the big semi trucks, the 18 wheelers, those are all 80,000 pounds. And that's not a small feat. And they can actually haul a lot more than that. You just can't get the torque and the horsepower out of uh, unleaded and gasoline in order to do those things. And these are, uh, these are designed, these things are designed to go a million miles before they need some serious rebuild work. Yeah. Cars and automotives, that's just, that's just or the realm of possibility. Yeah. So I guess the question is, sorry, this is, I'm asking, well, welcome to Diesel 101. So now, you know, I know that there have been, uh, you know, some like Volkswagen and some, you know, passenger vehicles that have done diesel, but it's just very uncommon, it seems. It's more common over in Europe, and they're yeah. actually ahead of us in a lot of places like electrification of buses and that type of thing, too. Um, and it, it just never really took hold over here in the U.S. The U.S. is a lot different than the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, even our trucks, our commercial trucks that we have in the U.S., 
they are completely different configuration than what you would see in Europe or Africa or Asia. Um, it has to do with weight ratings and laws on how, how long things can be and how wide. Government regulation drives a lot of this stuff at the end of the sure. day. Yeah. And, uh, and the money involved, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Okay. So uh, back in 2000, uh, so, uh, you know, back in 2006 and in, in early in the mid early 2000s, uh, you worked as a service manager, parts manager, and then IT and marketing. Uh, and then you got a great idea to start your own company. Today, you've got over 200 employees. Can you kind of give us the, uh, the quick origin story? Yeah, yeah. But I never planned for any of it. I just, I, I worked inside this world and you start to see people that have problems all the time. And when I was in one department, a service manager and service, your job is to make money and how you make money is by providing labor to fix people's trucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, people all of the time call in and stop in my check engine lights on. I got this problem. What do I do? And we'd always say, leave it here. We're the only ones that have the software. The only ones that have the tool. Only we can do it. And then I get transferred to a different department in the same company. And their mentality was, if you can make a nickel selling something, sell it. <laughs> so in that department, in the same building, I was now permitted and encouraged to go sell software to customers because we made margin on it. Um, but through all that, you realize that you're selling product to you know, 40, 50, 60-year-old shop owners. They know, they know how to fix trucks, no doubt. They don't know how to install software, update firmware, configure Bluetooth, and do all the things that need to be done on the computer side. So I started making kits and I started selling through my own company that I work for. So my, my first customer was my own employer. And that's, that's really where it started. And I branched out to eBay and some other places and, and just kind of rocked on and just kind of kept bootstrapping this whole thing forward. So it's, it's, I found a problem, I made a solution, and then 20 more doors opened up and we just keep walking through those doors of opportunity. Yeah, that's amazing. So tell me about the, uh, you know, where are you based? How do, how do operations work? Because I know, again, you're, you're, you're doing far more than just supplying, you know, great laptops to the industry. But I, again, I know you've got SaaS solutions, you've got training, there, there's a lot there. Can you give me the kind of the, the all, all the, the, some of the, the, the big operational uh, components of, of diesel laptops? So what happened was, is my company was growing fast and I'm hitting the Inc. 5000 list, the Inc. 500 list. You start looking at it and you start realizing, man, almost all my revenue is coming from one supplier with one product. This is not a good spot to be in if things go sideways. Mm -hmm. So we need to start diversifying away from that. And, you know, we said, hey, look, what else can we sell these people? And we, at the time, we were giving a lot of stuff away for free, just so we'd sell more kits. So we're selling this product that you can hook up to a truck. It tells you what's wrong. But it doesn't need to fix it. You need repair information and wiring diagrams. And then you need training on how to use all these things together. And you need information on how to look up the right parts to, to figure out what you need. So we just kept building all that stuff and giving it away for free because it built that moat around our business. Nobody else could compete with us because we're the only ones that can sell you that product and all these other things that you need anyway. And then we had that moment one day about two years ago. We're like, man, you know, that stuff's so good. What if we just made it on its own and just made it its own revenue stream and its own thing? So that's exactly what we did. And we said, hey, let's take all that repair information. We spent millions of dollars building it. Let's make it a SaaS platform. Let's take all this training. And our training wasn't just software. It was how to properly diagnose and repair trucks. Let's just make its own training centers. And now we have training centers in Atlanta and Dallas and Chicago and and other cities. And we offer training classes to anybody and everybody, not just our customers. Yeah. Um, And so um, is there, I mean, is, do you, when you were getting into this world, did you have much competition? 
So when we first got into it, it was really simple. You need three things to diagnose a truck. You need software, you need a computer, and you need a, a piece of hardware to go between the computer and the truck. And nobody sold all three pieces. Everyone sold oh. one piece of the puzzle. It's kind of like the back in the PC days, right? Everyone sold their little piece. And we just said, man, let's just put it all together and make one thing. And of course, there's different software and different things in, involved in that mixture. So that was where it was really easy. And, and of course, other people started to take note and was like, hey, that's a good idea. And it was huge uh-huh. margins. And we, we had to keep offering more and more products and services. So I've constantly... I don't know if you call it fear, but a lot of it's fear. You got to constantly build these services and protect your product, protect your business model and keep building those things up. And that's really where we just said, I'm going to take every dollar I make in profit. I'm going to put it right back in the company and we're going to keep building these other things. And we've been doing that for almost going on seven years now. Yeah. Talk to me about, I mean, because that that's a, actually a very brilliant business model. And it really has, I haven't thought a lot about that where, you know, if you can build a great book of business, um, it's it's kind of easier, like if your customers are asking for something and you see an opportunity within your customer base that you already have to generate an additional stream of revenue by offering that solution to them rather than, and you think about like, you know, if you can increase your revenues by 25%, you think about the work that, how easy that could potentially be to sell to your own clients as opposed to going and getting 25% more new customers. That's a lot of work. It is. And, you know, you, you hit the nail exactly on the head. I bring every new employee sits with me for 15, 30 minutes when they, when they start. And I always say the same thing. This was so easy for me when I first started because I got to talk to every customer on the sales end mm. and the technical support end. I knew what their problems were. I knew what they were looking for. I knew where their issues and I could come up with solutions to those problems. Now I rely on, you know, net promoter scores and survey monkeys to and my employees <laughs> to tell me those things. So that's the challenge as companies scale up is how do you stay close to your customers and understand what they need and want versus what you want to go to market and sell and provide to them. And that's, that's always the challenge, but that's exactly what it's been is people always say, how do you come up with these ideas? I'm like, I don't, I listen to our customers and they tell yeah. me what their problems are. And then we, then we build an idea. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, exactly. It, and uh, yeah, we're actually kind of going through that right now. And it's like, you know, I think some of it, but but sometimes, uh, Tyler, you might get pushback and saying, listen, we're the best in the world at this one specific thing. Why would we want to start all over with something that we're not, you know, it's not in our zone of genius. We could do it. And it's probably going to take us quite a while to do that. So more so than just for the immediate I don't want to say cash grab, right? But there's a profit center in there. But is there fear of what happens if we do this and do it poorly? I think there's always that, especially as new products come out. And, and I think a lot of times people think that companies, I mean, we're, you know, $50 million revenue company, 200 employees. We don't spend a lot of time analyzing all the what if scenarios and planning yeah. things out. Usually we just start with that guy's got a problem and these people have a problem. I think we can make a product. Let's make a minimal viable product. Let's give it to them for free and, and see what the feedback is. And let's go from there. So there's been plenty of products that and services, we spend a lot of time and money. I've got, I have brands and websites we spent millions building that we tore down and said it didn't work. Let's, let's do it in a different way. But that's, that's our, kind of our mythology is just, let's just go quick here and let's not take a risk we can't afford to lose. So I'm in a great place because we have no debt. I got no outside investors. It's, it's only me that I got to deal with at the end of the day. Yeesh. And as the company's profitable, we can keep making those decisions and trying things that people haven't done before. And, and really, our industry is ripe for the taking. It's, it's really behind in technology. And we're stepping in saying, hey, I think we got some better solutions than what you guys have been doing for 50 years. Man. So we've got, like right now, like what we're talking, I've got about 150, 160 
clients. And I typically just do one thing with them. And, uh, you know, occasionally, you know, we, we either, I've said no to some things that people ask me and, or I'll just refer them out to somebody else. Um, but it's really only recently, like literally this year that I think that I've been open to that. And so I want to say thank you. Uh, cause this is, this is some really actually exciting inspiration. So can I ask, um, when it does come to new client acquisition, what do you do today? Like, how do you get new clients? Yeah. So we, we do online lead generation. So, so like, okay, think about this. I'm in the truck repair space on diagnostic tools, like a niche inside of a niche, right? And our marketing team last month delivered over 1500 sales leads to our, to our sales team. Um, our YouTube channel has got 8 million views on it. Right. And we're, we're selling diagnostic tools. My, my LinkedIn profile had 2 million views last year. Mm-hmm. So we're all about the online. Uh, we created our own, our, actually we created a bunch of free apps and websites and we put our own ad network on top of it. So I have my Love own it. ad network that delivers half a billion ad views a year. Uh, so we're, we're all in the digital space and people always say that's hard to do in B2B. And I can tell you, it's, it, yeah, it's hard. It's like anything else, but man, you can measure everything. You can know exactly where things are coming from. You can adapt on the fly. And it's all about getting traffic and the right eyeballs and the right messaging. And once you figure those things out, it, it really goes on autopilot for a lot of the things that we do. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, would you mind, I mean, in terms of, so you mentioned, um, you know, creating uh, software and platforms that are probably give you great visibility. Um, are, are there like, how do you do things like get a million views on your LinkedIn profile? Yeah. I mean, the LinkedIn stuff, it's all been my journey, right? Like that's my outlet. I don't have yeah. people I can talk to about my business and struggles. So I, I really enjoy putting things on there on, on the lead generation side. Um, it, for example, we spent a million dollars developing a software program that will hook up to any commercial truck and read all the fault codes. And then we said, what should we do with it? And we said, let's give it away for free. And a lot of people look at that and be like, that's stupid. Why did you do that? And I'm like, well, you may think it's stupid, but do you know how many people download that program every month? And really mm-hmm. it's an entry-level program. And guess what? Every single one of those just got in my sales funnel, whether they knew it or not. I'm collecting data off vehicles, which we use yeah. for other things. I got my ad network in there. There's just so many other reasons for us to go do things like that. And it makes sense. And we can afford to take those gambles and risks again, because you know I think we've been really smart with how we've done things to this point. Yeah. Um, so when, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's like the, the, the guy or gal that owns a pool cleaning company and puts out, you, you know, YouTube videos, like here's how to do everything that I do. And I'm just going to teach you for free how to do exactly what I do. Cause there's an audience that wants the DIY solution. And that's, that's not your customer. Like that may become your customer someday, but get in early in that journey now uh, so that you become that reliable source, uh, develop and build that relationship together. But then there's that other audience that also might look at that, start the DIY solution and say, hell with this, <laughs> I'm just going to hire this guy. Clearly he knows what he's talking about. So, and, and also there's that thing of just like goodwill, like this is you're being generous first in all of these relationships, these tens of thousands of relationships out there. You're giving, you're investing into that relationship, which it just people love that today. Yeah, I'm I'm here to help people. That's what that's what I say all the time to everybody. And the fact is, we've people recognize us now as the industry leaders in in these things, and we're mm-hmm. the experts they go to. So you know, I think a lot of people when they look at their website, they go, "Where's the traffic coming from? It's SEO, it's paid search, it's all these things." 
the fact is it's our most visited word is diesel laptops. I mean, that people are looking for my brand name that's in the space. And we do all kinds of things like the goodwill. When COVID happened, we said, I'll tell you what, anyone that owns a truck or repair shop, you this repair platform that's normally 250 bucks a month, you can have it free for six months. Just mm. keep trucks moving, keep Smart. freight moving, keep my grocery stores full, right? My, my wife's complaining and she can't find her yes. stuff. Right? right. We do an we do an annual conference and we do a three-day event and we bring in industry speakers, free training sessions, all these things we do online that people normally in, in outside of us pay a lot of money to go to these conferences to learn the same stuff. And I'm like, I can provide value. And I know if I provide value, they'll think of me first when they need something. And that's really what I want. Tyler, what's your vision or the impact that you like when you think about what you do, what's the impact that you're happy to make in the world? Yeah. I mean, it really boils down to like, why do you do this? Right. And I can say that why has changed at first. It was, I'm going to quit my job and provide for my, my one-year-old, my three-year-old, my wife. Then it was, can I actually make a business? Right. Can I hire people and, and make a business here? And yes. And then it was, man, can I make a month to month? Like- yeah. 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 Can I make a business? Right. And hire a bunch of people and expand. Yes. Yeah. And now it sounds crazy when I say these things, but now I feel like our company has the opportunity to change the way our diesel repair industry fundamentally operates. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't changed in 50 or 60 or 70 years. And it's, it's, it needs to, there's too many things going on in the behind the scenes that are pushing against it. It has to change. And I, I really, that's our mission here now is we're going to go make this uh, put a little dent in the universe, our little better place. We're going to improve the efficiency and how these diesel engines are fixed. And um, with everything going on in the world today, there's truck shortages and freight shortages and all these things. Yeah. And, and we're the company behind the scenes trying to keep all that stuff working. Mm, fantastic. Tyler Robertson, founder, CEO of a very successful company, diesellaptops.com. When somebody goes there, what would you recommend that they click on? Like, how do they get into your world? Yeah. So first of all, there's a learn button on there. If they want to learn about anything at all in the diesel world, diesel repair world, blogs. I have a podcast show about our niche. Uh, There's a forum, all kinds of great stuff on there. And then they can find me too. So I'm on LinkedIn all over the place. Just search for Tyler Robertson or Tyler Diesel. I'll I'll pop up. Yeah, apparently so. If you've gotten uh, a million views on your profile. Tyler Robertson, again, thank you so much. Founder and CEO of Diesel Laptops, diesellaptops.com. Tyler, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure talking to you, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? 
please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review, and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.